time. I know. <laughs> I remember when this album came out. Yeah. And the funny part was, I didn't even know who the guy was. Didn't even really care. Uh-huh. But my stepbrother came over and was playing this album over and over and over again. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't like this guy. Really? But it was just because he would stop playing it. So when he comes on now, mm-hmm. do you like him now? Oh, yeah. Okay. When he comes on now, do you sing the song? If you're in the car by yourself. Yeah, I mean, I know all the, the words. I know pretty much the words, or at least I can fake the words well enough. To, or like every, every you know, yeah, five I, I words, can keep you going. can come in with five words. I keep going. I don't have to stop. Now, when you sing it out loud, mm-hmm. do you curl your lip up? Nope. I do. Mm-hmm. I do, totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, Belinda, do you? I do not. Okay. But Rachel does. Absolutely. Yeah. She, she just did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. She did. She said it. The full curl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love Billy Idol. Yeah. And and he's not even, in, I mean, he's not even close to in where I, like my musical genre, mm-hmm. what I like, but I love Billy Idol. Yeah. And, w- and we're going to talk a little bit about him later in the show. The Clash made him acceptable. I guess. He made him Acceptable. I don't know, man, because the first time I ever heard The Clash, I was like, I don't know who these guys are, but they are absurd. Amazing absurd or weird absurd? Uh, I thought they were amazing absurd. And then Billy Idol was a tamed down version uh, of that, but yet still in the same world. Yeah. Yeah. So we have two guests in the studio. We do. And we typically will break them up into separate uh, um, segments. But that wouldn't be fair. You don't think so? Not today. Okay. You're going to do it all in one segment? Yes. All right. How do you want to approach this? To just welcome them, first of all. <laughs> well, welcome, you two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort of alluded to their existence in the first segment, mm-hmm. Belinda Blodgett and Rachel Doyle. Um, they are not... For anybody that knows, they're not uh, at the same business. Nope. They're totally different businesses. And they're, neither of them are new to the area. No, both... as a matter of fact, they were off the air, they were kind of talking about about 12 years for both of them. Mm-hmm. In the business. Which, so you and I have kind of wondered, well, how long have we been on the air? Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel, so now Belinda, you haven't been on the show, have you? Is this your first time on the air with us? It was years ago. Were you I was the in the room with you. Okay. And we were talking about, about a festival or something like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. About a volunteer. Well, we haven't yes. talked about your business yet. You have not. Okay. Now, Rachel came on the show early on. I thought it was right when you were starting, but maybe you had been in business for a year or two. I, cu- I couldn't tell you when it was, but yeah. I know I've been here before. I know you brought food that yeah. time. Oh, yeah, that what was, the hell that happened was that time? So she sort of she set the bar for all <laughs> other <laughs> restaurateurs. <laughs> we I'm not this is no joke. Uh, it was a quiche. And it's no slight to the fact that you didn't bring anything today. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, kind of is. but we did it's a nudge. It's a nudge. <laughs> Next time. But, but we did say Every time a restaurant tour came into the studio and didn't bring food, we're kind of like, well, that was a miss. That was a miss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I set the bar and then I didn't yeah, hit the bar. Yeah, you did. Yeah. What's up with that? And it was, really? I remember it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was a quiche of some sort. It was very good. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was, uh, I don't know, there was some ham involved. I think. Yeah, it was good. It was very, 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 very good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that it was Hazel B. 
and it was the concept was sort of uh, gourmet uh, southern fair, yeah, yeah. right, regional yeah. gourmet. Yeah, with the tent, uh, the the Appalachian component was something that you were big on back then. So, first of all, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Am Hodgepodge. This is our second segment, and Mark is correct. We do have two guests here, and so I want to just kind of hit on something maybe quickly for the audience. I think it's first of all important for you to tell everyone who you are and and who you represent. But then secondarily, we're going to go straight into um maybe some of the changes that you've seen just in your career. Uh and, and the life of a small business owner is a, uh not that of a typical person and it comes with challenges and a lot of personal successes that maybe individuals don't see but um you know that self-talk into the mirror uh type of thing so belinda i'll go ahead and start with you go ahead and tell everyone who you are my name is belinda blodgett farmer's insurance agent uh an agency owner here in radford downtown and i absolutely love what i do um been all lines all the time all kinds of insurance auto home business life umbrella um, flood insurance has won in the area, New River Valley, yeah, you know, yeah. and um, I just absolutely love it. And the support of all of you and as well as our viewers, um, definitely a, um, a pinnacle point in our career is is the support of the community. Yeah. And you have a recent expansion that we'll talk about a little bit here. And Rachel, go ahead. Okay. Hi, uh, my name is Rachel Doyle and I am the proud new-ish owner of Radford Coffee Company, downtown Radford, and uh, also Hazel B. Catering. Not as new. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be celebrating nine years in March. And, uh, yeah, uh, but all, all food and beverage all the time, mostly on this end of things. Also just want to state, for the record, that I'm really proud that we did not wear the same thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. And, yes. um, just, that would just be just really feeling, good, by the way. And you look great, too. Yeah. And I'm, just, I'm feeling pretty good about uh, <laughs> those choices that we made. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and so when we talk about in both of your scenarios, I think the, the overriding uh, story there is that when you find what you're good at, there is a place for, I'm going to use the word expertise, um, but also for just confidence that you can go ahead and continue to execute on your your dreams, your goals. And in many cases, and Melinda, I'll, 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 I'll go with you. I don't know, you know, let's talk about your, your time here in Radford, your time with the company. And obviously you, you work with interns, uh, you've brought in uh, full-time employees, and now you're making it an expansion and you would set up off of the air. That expansion is now in Withville. Yeah. And, and I'm going to stop you before you get too far into that, because I want to go farther back. Uh, I want to go to the beginning. Right. So I, I'm, I'm not sure about this, but sometimes um, opportunities come out of adversity for people. And so I'm just curious. I don't I'm guessing that when you were in high school and you were finished, I'm guessing you weren't thinking, um, I really want to be an insurance agent. <laughs> not, not at all. Right. And, and, and that's not anything against insurance. It's just that people in, in school don't even know that insurance exists. They don't know that they need to do it and that sort of thing. And I would say the same thing about me and Keith. We, we never thought we were going to be financial advisors. Um, so here we are. Yeah. Um, so kind of how did you evolve from the very beginning to be d- doing what you're doing? And, you, and, and here's the other part of this. Um, insurance sales is 
a really hard thing to be good at. It's hard to succeed, and you've been in this business for a long time. So uh, it takes the right kind of person. So, so let's start at the beginning and then end where you are with the expansion. So since ninth grade, um, I always wanted to be a marine biologist. Yeah. I just would travel the world and absolutely. Jacques Cousteau. Exactly. Just that's what I wanted to be. Um, I was a um, passenger in a car um, when I was age 15, and it uh, didn't turn out good. It was a car accident, and um, the driver, my best friend, uh, passed away. We were found about eight hours later. But meanwhile, um, that changed everything because when I did dual enrollment studies um, in 11th grade, I was doing dual enrollment biology, molecular, cellular stuff just didn't click mm-hmm. as because I had a dr- uh, traumatic brain injury. My right leg had paralysis for about 10 years, and my left arm uh, was severed internally, so that was paralyzed as well. So, uh, But basically, that changed everything for me. Yeah. So I, I said, well, I'm going to go to college, 16, you know, um, kind of take on the world. And so basically, I, w- I got into psychology, but then I went overseas my junior year, um, studied political science, international relations, and psychology. Mm-hmm. I lived in Prague, Czech Republic, and um, I then – changed my major. I double majored in, in political science so I could focus on criminal justice mm-hmm. to catch, you know, just bad guys, et cetera, but um, to also kind of steer into like making sure that no one is victim of things, you yeah. know. So I, um, I went into that field. I did security for about six years. I worked in law firms, criminal law um, and officer work and stuff. And then basically- Were, were you packing? Uh, I, I did get qualified <laughs> in 2010 right. for a, a nine millimeter, but anyhow, um, but I went to Criminal uh, Justice Academy uh-huh. as well. But so I um, kind of went that way when I moved here to Radford because my husband and two of my sisters went to RU. Um, I got a phone call uh, from a agency owner with Farmers Insurance, like mm-hmm. I mean, district manager. And he was like, what about this field? And I was like, insurance? Are you kidding me? I hate insurance. And, uh, but then I was like, wait a second. Because I was, I was studying um, my master's in um, forensic psychology. So I could work in the um, criminal justice like courtroom systems. And um, I was like, well, this is great. Um, because I studied was studying insurance fraud. So I, I absolutely love like, that segue because yeah. I was just really interested in it. Because preventing it, insurance fraud, actually helps rates of sure. everyone in the you know, in, inside your book of business. Um, and so I I kind of laughed at it a little bit, but I was like, you know, I don't want to be ran around as like a, um, you know, like this, uh, like working in someone else's office, because uh-huh. I'd done that at law firms for so many years. So he was like, well, why don't you start your own agency? So I'm a scratch agent, which means that every single policy I have in my agency, I have sold myself. I've educated the person, brought them on board. And then um, I was... Um, an insurance agency owner in 2011 or so. And then um, I have re- recently acquired a Withville agency okay. um, because that agent is um, no no longer in the business. But so I am expanding and I am looking for employment um, employees if, if anyone is interested in insurance. I'm so you're kind of, you're now it's full circle. You're in the role of recruiter. Exactly. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. But um, 1055 East Main Street is my location yeah. um, in Radford. But I do other things as well. So I've always, uh, because of my, my brain injury and the school system, how they all came together, I give back as much as I can. I volunteer at the schools here. I am an RCPS um, substitute teacher. I've been doing that for three years now. I, I am also a classroom observer with Teachstone United Way, which they're looking for observers as well. So it's kind of like 
big circle where because of the agency owning, I am, I am able to do other things and give back to the yeah. community. Yeah. And I do strongly believe in small business and business here local. Mm. Yeah, and I will say, and we'll talk a little bit about this, Keith, when we talk about Billy Idol, but uh, <laughs> that's a, kind of a weird connection but um uh your your genuineness belinda is is um i mean you can't miss it mm-hmm. right i mean uh keith i can't tell you how many times belinda has shown up at an event and highlighted us right or any other Somebody business else. right mm-hmm. and it's not about belinda it's right. just about the community right yeah, I am. I am curious, and then <clears throat> we'll, we'll we'll kind of maybe uh, pass the the over to Rachel, but um, that genuineness. That's one of the the, the I think uh, enduring qualities that someone can tell to somebody else. But in both of you, um, ladies. It it can all and in, in, even with men, it can also be viewed as a threat for people because someone might say, "Well, what's in it for them? Uh, what are they trying to hide?" Um, and so the genuineness of caring and being um, courteous and putting other people's first and everything else in many cases is the same techniques that individuals use when they're manipulative, uh, when they're cunning, when they're cutthroat. Those they, they those kind of parallel, but. We know that that's not where you are. I am curious in your dealings and your dealings as to who you are and what you do. Do you ever feel like, you know, uh, um, what's the term when you're not uh, when you do you ever feel discounted where somebody believe you, you kind of feel like when someone leaves the room that that they don't believe you're as good as you are. And you're like, well, I'm just going to show you. I mean, do you have that internal, like, well, I'll just prove it to you? Well, thank you for that question. So I, um, I've i always remained extremely humble, um, and I don't usually say that. but Because um, it's not humble to say it. Exactly. Right? Throughout exactly my 12-plus right. years. But, like, I, I feel like I was, I was raised um, service above self, which three of us in this room are Rotarians, and that mm-hmm. is the motto. That's why I'm so on, on board with that. Um, but basically, I when someone leaves the room – they give me a hug. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel at all ever that I have not educated or helped them. Even if they don't go with me, I'm still educating them. They're still getting better somewhere, right? right. And that's that's what I like. And I don't consider it a job. It's a passion. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to kick it over to you. I mean, you took over, uh, you know, because of your expertise within an area, the culinary arts. And maybe you can start with that and just – share with everybody you know how you even got into the business because it's quite fascinating sure um do you want me to go way back like belinda did well well, i think to some extent yeah because it has been a while since you were on the show and when you were on the show you talked about um your passion for the area and your passion for local cuisine yeah and and i think that that's sort of a driving force for you and why you are here number one Mm -hmm. and why you do what you do that and if you can say it in french because i think (laughs) classic (laughs) too that'd be great yeah no problem Uh, um or appalachianese there we go that's that's better um so a quick recap i think um i started in college um just well I fell in love with food by both of my grandmothers. Mm. One of them um, is Hazel, and mm. the other is B, right. which is where uh, Hazel B, that. the name of my catering company, came from. Um, and after I went to college, which I went for communications and English literature, mm-hmm. 
Um, After I graduated, well, I did also spend a little time overseas, and I lived in Spain uh, studying Spanish there, so I'd prefer to do this in in Espanol instead Mm -hmm. of French. But anyway, (laughs) um, I spent some time there and then just catapulted my love of food there because it's just... Everything, ev- all of life is is surrounded by food. Everything yeah, they do there, it just there. revolves around food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every, every, the, your plan of the day depends on. Yeah. Yeah. What, whereas in the United States, it became kind of vogue in the um, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s mm-hmm. that that food was it was quick to, to to the point that there were food courts within shopping centers mm-hmm. to make it even quicker, so yeah. that you could so shopping took importance it's, over the food it's like the opposite so here in america we eat because we have to feed ourselves eat to, in eat Europe, to live yeah, and they live to Europe, eat exactly yeah. yeah yeah so um i came back from college and after i graduated i tried to get a job in the industry immediately and i went to onancock virginia and tried to get a job at a restaurant there and i didn't get it and uh so then i like I had to pivot a little bit and I ended up starting to reach out into the field that I was studying in. So I started working for an educational travel company called World Strides and I got to travel the world with kids, um, just teaching them about science or um, even literature then um, in Europe and I had a great time there, but I was still cooking for everyone all the time for weddings and events and celebrations and death and everything. So it got got a little ridiculous after a while and I thought, okay, well... (laughs) I'm going to have to do something about this. So, and I think my fifth year, I started researching culinary schools, but I already had a four-year degree, so I didn't want another one of those. So I found the French Culinary Institute in Manhattan, and I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it big. And so I did, and I uprooted everything and quit my job, my my cushy marketing job, and um, moved to New York City and... Uh, went to culinary school at the French Culinary Institute and then worked in in that food and beverage circuit. I was worked on the line, did the whole like 90-hour-a-week thing, uh, working in restaurants, that whole grind. I was a private chef for a little while, um, and then I worked for um, some nonprofits erecting farmer's markets in um, food deserts, so inner-city Brooklyn, um, right beside a Hasidic Jew community, and we erected farmer's markets there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got homesick. So also the math of a line cook salary and New York City apartment <laughs> prices, <laughs> it just it does not work, it yeah. does not jive. So I came back home and uh, I worked for a catering company in Charlottesville with a, a chef who'd worked for Thomas Keller. So I was able to continue learning and 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 do high end food, but be home. Um, and then he decided he wanted to make sausages instead, and I wasn't going to go down that road with him. So um, it was at that time I met my husband. He lived here for six years, and I moved here. And uh, then I started Hazel B by smoking barbecue on Friday nights. and then Not that far for, from sausage. Not that far from... <laughs> yeah. Same animal. But... Um, and I would roll my half smoker, half grill uh, onto into the farmer's market on Saturday mornings and sell um, barbecue, smoke barbecue by the pound and breakfast sandwiches and breakfast burritos. Was, wasn't it in a, like a little back 
room kitchen over off of uh, Price's Fork? Or that, that's where you moved into. That was that was, that was where I moved into. Two. This that, was before. <laughs> like I was all grassroots. I literally yeah. started at the farmers market in Radford yeah. when they used to have it by the train tracks mm-hmm. there. Um, and then I'm, that was my first kitchen. Yeah. Uh, it was owned by Bellevue. It used to be an old pizza restaurant. And uh, you came to visit me there, yeah. I think. And, um, yeah, it's grown from there. And then Hazelby will be celebrating nine years in March, which is yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So now you're in the coffee business, yes. right? So almost exactly a year ago now, I recently purchased Radford Coffee Company. Um, and the previous owners and I became pretty close um just from owning both owning food and beverage businesses and um and they were were ready to retire mm-hmm. so um yeah we went through the whole rigmarole it was about a six months to a year long process of going back and forth but we we made the switch and it's just a wonderful transition and completely totally different worlds from yeah. Hazelby where we've got a really small team doing really big things and now we've got 12 employees and um, everybody has to come to me to eat, which is a great switch. But um, and it's a little different in that you were a hundred percent, essentially a hundred percent for profit, right? As Hazel B. Correct. And, yeah. and now you've got a a charitable component. Correct. Um, so the the coffee shop actually moved to a full um, a full profit business many years ago, but they kept their nonprofit. Um, as and then contributed so to that. It's, and so, I'm looking at your website, educating mosquito 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 people, mosquito so, children in Nicaragua. Can you explain a little bit of that? Absolutely. So um, they started a program there, and the mosquito people in Nicaragua were pushed out by the government um, during the wars in Nicaragua, and so they migrated close to the river. And it's actually one of the most remote places that you can get to. Um, you can only get there by boat um, or, of course, um, once you're in Nicaragua. But um, anyway, so they, they started a program to educate and erect schools. Um, so they pay for the teachers and they pay for um, the food. They pay for the books and all the educational materials. There's 1,600 children um, that these schools are uh, – that. 1,600 students within the schools. And so we continue to donate to the Mosquito people um, every month, every purchase. Um, and we're keeping a good relationship with them. Um, yeah, it's it's the backbone. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I definitely wanted to maintain. It's the story of Radford Coffee Company. Yeah. And I, and I know, Mark, I don't know how much time we have, have left, but um, but I know one one thing, and, and I can we need to go to break and I can ask it, but it's the transition between starting up and then now taking over a legacy business. You know, it's this it's the it's every person's dream to be their own business owner, I believe, somewhere deep inside. They want some level of autonomy, but the ability to provide a plan for someone who has who else has done that yeah nobody wants to let their dream die and so yeah to be able to take that over and create some level of legacy for them is a wonderful gift not only to that individual but to the community yeah that's how you get things generational so we'll let ever we'll let our guests ponder that yeah, over absolutely. the break and then we'll be right back sounds great everybody you're, stick with us you're listening to am hodgepodge
reflection and a mirror's reflection I'm a dancer